I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome. It is another great day to change the world. Today's episode is with Patricia Lohan. Loved, 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 loved talking to her. I love the energy. And she's someone who created her career after saying no more to what society standards had for her. She basically paved her own way. She manifested her own love life. And she created this amazing resource for other entrepreneurs. We talk about her journey to that, how she connects across cultures, and what interesting and exciting things she's doing for entrepreneurs. Hope you like the episode. Check it out. And I really, really, I got to say this, I really love you all. I've been getting all your messages, and I'm so grateful that you all listen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy and listen. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is the lovely Patricia Lohan, and we are going to be talking about how to make the most out of your life, how to find that deeper feeling, and create that environment that is supportive for whatever your intentions are. Now, Patricia is a coach, a healer, a feng shui expert, and a passionate female entrepreneur who has shaped her dream life. She ended up on her path because she saw firsthand the power of the mind, surroundings, and inner healing, clearing, and aligning everything so it all works holistically. We're going to be talking about how she shaped her inner world to get your mindset and history complete and how that affects your environment and vice versa. So I can't wait to, to hear a lot of her stories. She also hails from Ireland and she's currently living in Bali. So there's definitely a lot of travel stories that we'll dive into. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I always love it when, when people uh, reach out to me, especially when listeners reach out to me and share their story because it's, it's really <laughs> about uh, getting more diverse stories out there in the world. And you know, when I started the podcast, it was like, how many global mindsets can I share? And um, so it's truly mm-hmm. humbling to hear people like yourself continue to, to live out that life, but also you know, live out yeah. the mission statement of this podcast, which is, I say, use your difference to make a difference. Yes, beautiful. I love that. And um, yeah, it's so great to be able to share. I love that idea, that whole global voices and getting global impact. And because there's so many different people with so many different opinions and so many different insights and experiences. And sometimes we can be really um, single tracked in our in our lives mm. because we're surrounded by a certain path. And, you know, that's one of the things around this whole idea of being intentional with our lives, because you're, we're born into a certain family and this is the way it kind of looks and you know you're in your school that everyone goes to college you kind of follow this path and um and it can be kind of blinkering uh, so having these global influences and I think travel is one of the biggest ones is when you step out of that comfort zone and out of that that track or that train that line that's kind of like this is where you're meant to go this straight line and actually life is not a straight line at all but at the same time when you step off it and you're off it that's when it gets exciting and interesting and fun yeah so, so I love the the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> no it, it it's so true, and I definitely subscribe to that mindset yeah, tell us about your journey though because 
you know, how did you get to where you are today? I imagine there's, there's been a quite the ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is such a, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's been quite the ride. It's been, um, an amazing journey. Uh, I, um, I hail from the west coast of Ireland. So it's a, a small city. In Ireland, it's a city, but I think if you, if you compare it to the States, it like, it's like a tiny town, basically. Um, and it's by the, um, by the Atlantic Ocean. And, um, my parents always used to say to me, you know, that you could, you, you, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be good you could be the president Patricia you can do anything which is something I feel really grateful for that they didn't really ever stop us from doing anything that we wanted to do um and giving us opportunities so it was one of these places like you know they didn't have a they didn't, they didn't go to school but they ended up being really successful entrepreneurs so like my mum um didn't go to like secondary school or like college or anything like she's finished like primary um and same with my dad uh, but they ended up these really hardworking, amazing entrepreneurs in their city and, um, you know, just great personalities, good people, kind and really just made a difference in their community. And I grew up with that environment saying you can kind of do anything because they did and whatever they want like they kind of grew from that experience as entrepreneurs so that was great and my mum used to always say to me Patricia has a coat on before anybody even talked about going anywhere I was ready for a trip or a journey or an adventure I always wanted to be in the car or going somewhere or doing something different so that was like part of my thing is like travel has been a huge part of my life and journey so I studied business studies it was quite quite um because I had this entrepreneurial family I decided I'm going to be do business you know so I studied business in university and then I ended up moving to France and living there for a few months Um, and from there I went in a work placement and my first work placement outside of Ireland and Europe was actually in the Philippines and I lived there for nine months I was 18 years old and I went there on my own (laughs) and everyone was like what Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the conversation came like two positions came for this for that um on this placement that I at this uh, traineeship I was applying for one was in India and in Calcutta and the other one was in the Philippines and if you think about India like Ireland is a Catholic country Mother Teresa would have been a very huge prolific um you know person or icon in our in our country and all was associated with Calcutta was Mother Teresa and the poor people dying and mom was like I was like I've got a job in the Philippines or Calcutta and mom's like you're not going to Calcutta like even though she was open-minded you're not going to the slums of Calcutta (laughs) so I ended up in Manila an 18 year old working for a finance company for eight months and it blew my mind I met so many different people I experienced so many different foods and cultures and adventures and it was like this. I just want to do this forever, um, and that was an eight-month journey to first of all realize I'm not really great with accountancy or that kind of thing. Um, and I went back and studied marketing and finished my job, but I finished my my college degree and kind of then. I like I was talking at the beginning about this train track like it's like oh well everybody now is getting a job in a company and you know maybe that's what the next thing I'm meant to do maybe I'm just meant to stop and do nine to five and of course I grew up in a family where nine to five does not exist when your parents are entrepreneurs it's just like you know you work whatever whatever those customers you know just go with it <laughs> so that was like I kind of tried to squish myself into this box of the corporate world um, and I really got a bit allergic to it and ejected myself out of that. I ejected myself out of it and ended up going to Japan and working for a company in Japan for a couple of months. That was amazing. It was another nine-month stint in Tokyo. And again, just the culture, the people, the food, the experiences was Oh my God. Wow. So that, that then led me to, and at that same time, my dad decided to come out of retirement and start a business again, because he kind of like decided I'm going to retire and, you know, but what does someone who, who's only ever been an entrepreneur and worked all their life do when they retire? They start another business basically, Mm -hmm. because like, this is all I know. So he started another business, but it was probably one of his biggest projects ever. (laughs) <laughs> in his retirement um so I came on board and I set up um the business with him it was a bar a restaurant off license um um by the seafront in Galway it was a beautiful place and it was epic I was 24 uh, we had 30 staff I basically ran the whole thing I started from scratch and ran the whole thing and within a year we like really we were kind of like a turnover of like seven figure turnover it was a huge project I worked 17 hour days and it was mental 
And that lasted for several years. I was in this box of the restaurant and running it and doing super well. And on the outside, everything looked great. I had this lovely little BMW and a CVO apartment. I had lovely designer clothes. You know, I didn't want for anything in the world, except I literally wore black every day. And if people know me today, I literally, I'm like a rainbow. I wear like bright colors all day, every day. I'm super happy, like just super bubbly and like all about the rainbow colors. And and um, I literally wore black every single day. It was like at times I was like going to my own funeral because I could see what was rolling out ahead of me. And it was not a happy place at all. I really had kind of burned myself into the ground and realized that like you know set with my dad one day and I was, I was like oh my god like we could do this and do this and open ones in other cities and blah blah blah, blah. Like, are we gonna be am I, are you gonna be stuck in this box and he was like this was his dream like this was his dream and he was happy um and he didn't want any more and I just thought this and I said well are you gonna be stuck in this box like literally this square box and he said what else do you want and my whole body like crumbled on the inside. My body, my heart, everything went, oh, this is it. Um, so that kind of really took a, a, a huge kind of, it really hit me strong. And I didn't really know what I was going to do about it. But in that same period of time, a lot of holistic therapies and things kind of came in, clients. It was actually through the restaurant. Loads of customers started like started coming in and I started engaging with me about different things. Like this guy arrived in and he was like teaching yoga. And I, he was like, I was like, oh, I'll join you. I said, I'll come to your class tomorrow. And then this other lady started coming and helping me with like marketing with the business through the uh, Irish language. And she was like, there's this meditation circle. Come to this meditation circle. And I was like, okay and pretty soon I was running like holistic nights in our restaurant I was um, going to yoga every week I was doing all this med- going to the meditation circle I would come home like totally hyper um because I was so high on the energy of the meditations and people were like are you drunk and I was like no my god this is so good and I was kind of feeding my soul um and my mum went and dad went away to Australia to visit my sister and um they came home from Australia um, and everyone was like oh it must be so hard to leave your daughter over in Australia like she's so far away like it takes like two days to get home and my mum was like no she is so happy I'm just so happy for her she is so happy why would I be sad and she literally walked in I'll never forget this moment she walked into the restaurant and my mum hadn't been really that involved in the business because she had her own business um, at the time, but she walked in and she saw me when she came back from Australia and she was like, oh my God, Patricia, like I have one daughter in Australia who's so happy and I have another daughter here who's right in front of me and she's like not happy and she needs to leave. And um, she kind of took me aside and said, you know what, Patricia, I think you should leave. And I was like, actually, I'm going to India to become a yoga teacher. I had no idea. This just flew out of my mouth. I was like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> So she was like, yeah, uh, okay. So I, I I quit after many years there. I left everything. I kind of like rolled off my car, everything. got rid of 42 pairs of shoes, like 20 black bags of clothes. And, you know, from a feng shui perspective, which is what I practice um, now is like one of my main um, modalities I work with clients with. Like I literally decluttered my entire life, like my job, my car, ev- like just everything went. And it was like I was down to this just hollow empty just me this is just raw me with one suit one rucksack and I was off to India I thought I was going to India for a month and to train as a yoga teacher I had a ticket to go all the way around the world Um, and I ended up being in India for just over a year Um, the journey brought me on a real amazing you know spiritual awakening Uh, I think like it's it's um yeah, it's cliche, but it, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I was in India, all these crazy things happened. I don't know whether it's like you declutter everything, you let go and physically through the practice of yoga, like you're opening your body physically. So by opening your body physically, all these opportunities come up because it's like, it's not just your body, it's your mind, it's spirit, everything is just, you're allowing new things. So through that, I became a, a trained in sound healing and, um, and I met a beautiful man in Nepal, um, and he said to me, I had just trained in sound healing and it's a very crazy synchronistic story, but all ended up being sitting beside this random guy in a restaurant. He says that he also does sound healing with Tibetan singing bowls. I was like, wow, I just trained like yesterday. He said, oh, have you bought your singing bowls yet? I said, no. He said, come with me tomorrow and I will 
bring you to see where I get mine. Okay. And we walk into this shop the next day and he says, this is Patricia. She's bringing sound healing to Ireland and you must give her my wholesale prices for the singing bowls. And I was like, I'm what? (laughs) So I went, okay. And that's that, like I went back to Ireland, brought these fruit bowls as my mom called them. And people don't know what singing bowls are. They're, they're a, um, really round they look like metal fruit bowls basically um they're from seven different metals they're powerful tools for transformation the sound they bring um really kind of resonates through every cell of your body through the sound of the vibration they can drop you into very deep powerful states of meditation and healing and clearing because everything is energy and vibration and the bowls just clear that so i literally brought sound healing to ireland i set up a business kind of like arrived back and my mum was like what are you doing and I'm like I'm moving to Dublin I'm setting up a business and I moved to Dublin with 50 euros and all my singing bowls and my credit card totally maxed out a friend said where are you going to live and I'm like I don't know yet she said I'll find something she said I have a single room you can take that no rent until you get your classes filled your yoga classes filled um, another friend said here you can have my bicycle so I had a bicycle I had um, 50 euros and <laughs> And a little room to sleep in. Wow. And I kind of just started from there with my um, sound therapy business. And within a year, we had, yeah, I just kind of kept showing up. I think it's a big part of, of when you're on a path of just the unknown, because I did not know, know what was going to happen every day. Um, but I remember the first place I just kind of turned up at this um, network, not even networking, it's like a social, like holistic social event. I kind of rocked up. I had no friends in that, in this sphere. I was in a new city. I'm like, what am I going to do? But you know what? All of the past experiences of like moving to Japan on my own, moving to the Philippines on my own, I was so used to kind of going into environments on my own and just being like, I've got to make some friends. So what do you do? You need to show up at things. You just turn up and be like, hi. Do you want to be a friend? <laughs> you know, so that really was part of the, the the transformation was really meeting new people there. And they said, one guy invited, he said, oh, you do the sound healing. Yeah, great. Come talk at my event. And I was like, great. I talked to them at his event. And that night, several people bought singing bowls from me. So that was like my, that was like kind of money to eat for that month. And then lots of just, you know, showing up and, and being at places and talking to people. And then someone said to me, hey, hey, do you do sound healing sessions? I said, yes, I do. Oh, okay, I want one. And then after a few months, people are like, oh my God, do you teach people how to do this? And I'm like, I can teach you. Okay, I'll start teaching you. You know, so I literally set up a, a school of sound therapy in in Dublin that was within a couple of months of me being there. Um, and it was a, amazing. I became like the go-to girl for sound healing in Ireland. Um, it was like small, small pond, Ireland, but like, you know, all the media and all the press, all that was, like know me if people were like looking for singing bowls they would be like that's the girl which is amazing but what um and I I manifested my husband and trained in feng shui and had a load of their Mary Poppins bag of tools that I trained in while I was in India but the bowls was always kind of this interesting one how you know just followed this path the breadcrumbs you know it's like one step in front of the other um so when I had that was my practice for two years, my business just over two. Well, when I was, and then by the time I met my husband, I had two more years. So I was running that business for four years, and we got married two, two and a half years ago. Um, and I realized that I had created a business that I was like stuck in Dublin. You know, I had clients that came to see me. I had the bowls that I would sell and and do work with that I had training courses, but everything was in person. And it was almost like I created my own box again, like the restaurant. I'm like, I've created this cube and I'm kind of stuck here. I'm like, that's not what I want. So it's like this whole like death of that. Like I I had a lot of time to kind of play with that and be like, is this what I really want? Like, what do I want? And my husband and I were on our, just before we got married, we were on a yoga retreat. And he said, I've, he's never lived in a different country. And, you know, I had really felt like that this is where we were going to be in Ireland with our house in the countryside. You know, it's like that fairy tale, like this beautiful house in the green hills of Ireland in the most scenic place, like a business that was going great um, and an amazing relationship and so well this is it now you know that's that but that's all your travel done now that's your life you know you're here and you've got everything sorted and um and Ken just said I've never lived in a different country and I was like do you want to live in a different country he's like I'd love to I've always wanted to and I'm like oh my god let's go (laughs) so literally everything was just like 
our life was just kind of like everything looked fine and perfect again it wasn't from a space of like oh my god that it wasn't the energy of say the India and the 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 oh my god everything's terrible it was like oh my god I've designed my life in a way that isn't exactly how I want it to look like we want to travel we want to experience more things have a different way of life um and that's how we um kind of ended up in Bali basically and uh, that was just over two years ago no just under two years ago we went to India first and interestingly enough both of us had been to India like obviously I was there for a long time I loved it we both got there and it was it was a very difficult time it was really tricky it was very challenging there was a lot it was like this isn't what we wanted this doesn't feel like this isn't it and we were trying to make the most of it and it was like this real push energy and every day this French guy used to come by and chat to us or meet, meet us and he had lived in Bali and he was like, Bali, 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 Ubud, Bali, Ubud, Bali. And, and then a friend of ours had gifted us, as I said, I, I really ended up in Bali because this friend lives in a small island, actually my very first yoga teacher. He lives in a tiny island, Giliti, off, off Bali. And he had invited us to stay with him at his guest house. Um, as a gift for our wedding we were like well we're going to go to Gili to see our friend David but sure we'll stop off in Ubud and that was it it was like we landed here um, and it felt so good and we were like wow this feels really good and we three days later we took a house for six months that was nearly two years ago and we had no business (laughs) because we'd let everything go so I didn't even, we didn't even know what we were going to do, to be honest. We just trusted the process and I had done a little bit of stuff online. I knew that I wanted to create something online. And one of the things people asked me a lot of questions about was feng shui. So I started and did a small course on feng shui. That was um, in March 20, where are we, 2017, 2016, a course in, in 2016. A small course for a few people uh, with six people the first time we did it. Um, and I'll never forget celebrating those six people. I was like, yay, finally I have, um, you know, I have this flexibility. Because I just said to you I was in New York last week. I went yeah. to Australia on Tuesday. Like, there's a lot of travel going on as well. Um, and this last round, we enrolled 60 people in our course. So it's um, it's been wow. a journey. Wow. wow. And here I am in <laughs> Bali <laughs> now. Yeah. I don't know if that is that too long. I'm kind of like, I went on everything. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> There is so much to unpack there, Patricia. First of all, thank you for telling that story. That's, um, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> written the book, but the, you know, I feel like you just pitched, you pitched an editor right now, an idea for, for a book. That is amazing. It, it's, you know, when we started, I was asking you for, for this to explain your ride, and that's certainly been one ride. And one thing that, that I want to start off with is this idea. I, I'm, you know, I'm someone that likes to have, this health in a holistic way where it's, it's physical, mentally and spiritual. And for me, I guess, you know, spiritual for me is a little different because I, you know, I grew up as a Christian and I've been exploring what that is like, you know, a little, a little bit more mm-hmm. lately in my, in my life with, um, with uh, meditation and getting closer. But I also know that, that there's several spiritual practices that many other people have. And I've been fascinated yeah. with, with what that relationship is like, whether it's feng shui or whether it's um, other um, you know, practices. And when you mentioned earlier that you had seemingly everything successful on the outside, you know, the BMW, mm-hmm. everything, your dad loved the job, but maybe you didn't. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if you could explain to me what that path to, to inner satisfaction was, because many people certainly are living their lives right now, faking it. You know, I, I got my MBA uh, here in New York and every, a lot of people will, will, do the job that they wanted to do, and they would they say, "I'm go, I'm just going to be an investment banker, make three hundred thousand dollars a year, and have all the cars." But when I met them after I graduated, they, you could see that they were miserable. But they didn't want to yeah. give that up because of the appearances. So I'm wondering what yeah. was that thing internally that made you feel like I got to get out of this and I have to start over again? Because not many people have that bravery. I feel like it was almost like I was being pushed into it. If that makes sense, like. Things started to just, you know, it was like, first of all, obviously, I never, ever expected my mom to say that to me. Like, I really did think that if I was to ever leave, that, like, it would be a really huge thing, like a huge deal. And um, 
I feel like I was nearly squeezed into it. Like I was so miserable and I knew something had to change. And ironically, like a few years earlier, I had like, um, you know, um, le- um, left a really, a very long-term relationship because I thought it was the relationship. So it was like, I thought it was the relationship and I let that one go. And then it was like, I ended up on this whole crazy journey with that whole scenario of being single again and being like, oh my God, you know, maybe it's just like, the, I need to, I need something else outside. I need a, another guy to help fill it. And really it has to come from inside. And that's one of the things that we don't, we don't give ourselves a chance to actually listen to what we want and that we have this inner wisdom inside of us and we can spend all the time looking outside but deep down inside of us, we know what makes us feel happy. We know what brings us peace. We know, but it's being squashed down as kids, you know, as kids, as adults, as in, as, as employees, it just gets like, we're not allowed to be heard. We don't allow ourselves to hear this inside. And I think that that was one of the things that like, like my first yoga class, like I actually nearly get tears when I think of it because that was such a sporadic thing this guy came in he was a friend of my my sister's my sister had been telling him for months that she was going to come to his yoga class and he walked in and I said you yoga classes like when's your class he said tonight at half seven I said I'll be there and he said that in the back of his head she's not going to turn up and I turned up and I sat on the mat and he said this oh this line he said this is an hour for you the tears rolled down my face because I had spent this whole time, you know, I set up this business. This is my dad's dream. Like I was fulfilling somebody else's dream for them. And I hadn't given a chance to be like, is this actually what I really want? Like, you know, is this what I really want? I think that's the thing. It was like when I had this, these moments of like, this is an hour for you. It was like, <gasps> what? And that hour became so, so important for me every week. I never missed it. Even if I was 20 minutes late, I would still run in and do the class. I would still just show up and be there because I needed to show up for myself. I think this is the the kind of crux of it is like showing up for yourself is the part. Like because we we can show up for everyone else and to for the appearances and the look of it and put on the nice clothes and the makeup on the car. And that's all just on the outside. But if we're not showing up for ourselves and for our deepest wants and giving yourself an opportunity to hear that. So the yoga was the one place that I heard that. And then it was like this meditation circle that I went to. And I'm like, I have never like meditated like ever before. Like, and genuinely, if I sit here and meditate, my mind is still super crazy. Like this morning I sat down to meditate. I'd done some work before I went to meditate in to sit and I was like why did I do it before I said because I couldn't like I just couldn't drop in it was too busy right. in my mind but I still sat you know I still just okay I'm gonna sit here and just sit just sit and just listen because it's all inside and that I think is the biggest thing and you know whatever you know background or religion or whatever your your spiritual direction is you know prayer and self-reflection and going within is all it's all it's all there it's just explained in very different ways and they've different terminology but it's about really just going in yeah no no that's that's uh, that's amazing that's well said and then the other thing that i had uh, a question for you as i was listening to you is you talked about the travels you had in your life and you know mm-hmm. obviously your parents were definitely entrepreneurial so Maybe you didn't grow up with the idea of them telling you, you must be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, but yeah. you, you had this, this desire, I guess, from a young age to just sort of find yourself alone in many foreign countries. Now, that, yeah. that is something that causes some people to break out in hives, and that is something that causes yeah. some people to just burst out with joy. But yeah. either in those two situations, there's always one thing that someone's always curious about whenever they're traveling to a new country, and that's connecting across cultures. And that's part of what why this podcast exists. So what things did you do to connect? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With the, the locals and the foreigners as you were there. Um, to connect with the locals and the foreigners as I was there in these different countries, let me see. So um, the first country that, like... I like lived in France. We had like lots of friends. Like actually, when we lived in France, there wasn't many other Europeans when we were there, so we kind of just had to hang out with French people. Essentially, they were like our <laughs> friends, and that was one of the big things. It's like you to make friends with, and you know, they had a double whammy. It was like almost it was this kind of interesting dynamic because they wanted to learn English and we wanted to learn French. <laughs> so it was, it was like, are you going to speak English to French? Like, what are we? It was like this kind of mixture. So the language thing was always a really interesting one that kind of got you on a level playing ground, like because we both kind of wanted to share from each other from both points of view. Um, another part of say the Philippines was a big part of like working with the people like because I really was like landed into these cultures to work but also to to play and have fun um, and we really kind of bonded like that was like eight, 18 you know it was like so young but we, we made an effort to I did make an effort to kind of just like make friends and the university that I was um, kind of placed with and the job that I had they all really wanted international connections so it's a really interesting interesting dynamic when you move to different countries because there's people who want to get to know foreign people because they want like it's just like me wanting to get to know their a culture they want to you know experience the global experience just through knowing people and learning so yeah. that was a that's a really nice part is because you've got this interaction about kind of in wisdom between but every culture is so like they're so different as well when it comes to interactions like for me the philippines was the most open like come into our homes come eat here share with us they they got so excited and you know in some places they would not have seen like a foreign in some of the places that i would have gone to like i would go to the to the the market and people would come up with their babies and rub my skin because they wanted like white they wanted or pregnant women would be like oh my god i love your skin you're so white you're so white (laughs) And, you know, I'd be like, okay. And I'm like, you know, it's like the irony. We're like, oh, I'd love a great tan, you know? Yeah, yeah. No. That happened to me in Vietnam, with with, except it was the black skins. (laughs) But yes. And you're like, oh, amazing. And so it's like really about like learning that dynamic because in Japan, it was much, much more difficult um, to really interact with the Japanese culture and kind of meet people. I remember standing in a in a it being lost one day with a map standing in the middle of Tokyo with this map and I was like okay like a lot of Japanese people will have learned English like they'll they were most of the young people will have been studying English since they were kids so I was like okay best bet like find a young person ask them directions so I went over to this girl I showed her my map and I said directions and she literally went ah and ran away and I got I don't know who I don't know who got the bigger shock like I was like oh my god Wow, <laughs> so wow. you know but then at that same point that's on that same term like when I went into the offices and interacted with people there was so much respect there was so much interest and fascination in my about about my country because you know there's not many Irish people that go to Japan like seriously so they were like oh my god and what do you do you work for a timber company do you have timber in Ireland like because it's a such a small country um, so there was that kind of fascination level as well. And, you know, I was equally fascinated by their culture and about by their traditions and by their food. And so it's kind of, it's that whole double whammy of the interaction between the two, the two, the two, the cultures and, and learning. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, this stuff is amazing. And what I always say to people is find your connectors. You know, whenever you're in a foreign country that there are many connectors that you have, a lot of interests you have. You yeah. just explore around that. For me, my connectors were, have always been sports, pop culture, or geography. So if I go somewhere, I'm always looking yeah. for whatever the sport is. You know, you know, my favorite sports might be basketball, soccer, uh, and tennis, but that doesn't mean that my interest for sports can't expand to like what the local sport is. And you know, based on doing an activity you love, you can find that. If it's music, it's the same thing. What music are they playing? Dance, similar yeah. food. It's always a great way. Food. Yeah. Just asking them, like, hey, hey, so what's the local delicacy here? Or what's what's the food? And even partaking in that 
uh, sort of limits, you know, lowers that barrier where someone feels like you're making an effort. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, for sure. And trying their food. Yeah. And going to the local places like um, in India, I brought Ken to this little local place that um, that my yoga teacher had brought me in Goa. And it's like this tiny little place. And they do these masala doses. It's like my favorite Indian dish. It's like a, mm, it's a, a yeah. it's like a pancake with like <laughs> potato in the center. All of it. Delicious. Right. So I had um, but this tiny little place and it was like all the locals. And they looked at us like, where are you going? And we ordered it. And, and Ken was like, this is so Dutch. Like, where are you bringing me? What are we doing? Like, I'm not sure about this, Patricia. Like, seriously. And it was like super hot and sticky and sweaty. And I'm like, it's going to be worth it, I promise. And then the masala doses came out and Ken's like, that was so good. And we're like, I know, you know, and it's like going into those places. And like the thing is, when you're in different countries, you're out of your comfort zone anyways. So you may as well push yourself even further out of it you right. know? and just agree. go to those places. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's one of the best ways to to uh, be a global leader is making sure you're, you're, you're the minority in, in some situation or you're putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. You have to be able to measure your exposure mm-hmm. to difference for sure. Um, okay. So. I don't want to paint the picture that travel is always all nice, you know. So you you no. expressed, yeah. You said you had some difficulty in India, you know. It wasn't what you expected. Yeah. What what were those? It wasn't what we expected. So some of those difficulties were like the accommodation. Like we, you know, it was the thing is, and it also depends on where you are in in your life. Like the previous time I had been in India, I had been, you know, living <laughs> living a very very like you know, basic subsistence level, like a little room would do me totally fine. But, you know, I had like grown up, matured, I was married, we had just left our beautiful home in Ireland and we ended up in this tiny little dingy house that was like, it was just all like moldy and weird and it was it was like kind of like the view was amazing with this gorgeous hammock and it was like right by the ocean and the sea would lap up but there was like cockroaches and like it was, it was like all the really tough stuff that when I lived in the Philippines we cockroaches every day all the time and it was just like that was all part of your life it was not like a pretty you know gorgeous glamorous place but I think that as we had kind of as I had matured I was like this isn't kind of what like our dream is like living in this dingy little crap place that we cannot swing a cat in and feeling really uncomfortable and also then it was it was just a really interesting I think energetically is another part of that it's like how you feel there like we weren't really well Ken was super sick for like most of the time we were there he had like serious deli belly or like India belly I have definitely got like a stomach of steel (laughs) Um, I don't know it took all the travel but I'm really really good with that but Ken had been really sick so it was just like a lot and I think that change does really affect you if you're if you haven't experienced it many times. And I suppose for me, I'm I'm pretty used to changing a lot. Like we moved house a lot when I was growing up. I moved, you moved, I moved to all these different countries, have different experiences. So I'm pretty good at, at adapting to the environment. But for Ken, it was a lot more challenging because it was like, okay, well, first of all, we had just got married. He'd quit his long term his job that he'd been in for nearly thirty like well, like 25, 30 years, um, it'd been, um, I had, you know, we, I kind of left everything. We didn't know what we were doing our business. Like it was, uh, there was just a lot of uncertainty. So I think compounded by the kind of craziness and intensity of India and the noise and the, 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 beeping and the, just that whole energy was like oh you know it wasn't like a soft landing basically which is kind of like oh we're just gonna go and live by the beach in india it's gonna be so nice and easy it was not like that at all mm. um and the thing is there's a part of us that was like we're gonna make this work you know and then it was like what are we doing like this is not working like we're not having a great time we're kind of like pushing we're not like getting on great Ken is really sick what what do we do out of this situation? We need to move. We need to find a better environment. And honestly, we we landed in Bali and it was like the energy was like, hey, welcome. It was like, here, here's a beautiful space here. You know, so it's about recognizing these environments. And for us, the environment in India definitely wasn't so supportive of us for at that time in our lives. Yeah. Whereas I think that and, and both of us were like leaving India, not with a, not with any kind of regrets about going there. It was more like, Let's just leave 
like our India trips to be like for holidays and for, you know, going for like spiritual work or that. But like, that's not like find this to be our work work or to be our life here. It doesn't feel like it's kind of welcoming us. Whereas other, we got here in Bali, it was like arms wide open. That was kind of the feeling. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we found this gorgeous house. We had a pool. We were in the jungle. We were like, is this real? Like, and I was like, I'm on the scooter driving down to, to yoga in the mornings. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but it's like writing your dream day. And genuinely, like I do, and it was at that kind of the very beginning and now, but like it's kind of like part of our lives, but it was like, I'm actually living my dream day. I wake up, I do my meditation. I've got my gorgeous husband because you know, when I was in India the previous time, I was single, got my gorgeous husband. I'm going down to go to yoga. I can pick up a coconut on the way. Got like, it was like this, like, and I'm, I'm going through the jungle and the rice paddies and so warm. And like, I'm Irish, so it's cold usually. So I'm like, oh my God. And it was like surreal, like pinch me. Is this like, can, can I, am, I allowed, am I allowed this? Is this real? And that was the feeling where it was not like that in India. Do you know? So it's like really being aware of like when you're trying to make something work, like does it feel right? And that's the same with the with any environment stuff. Like you know, it's like does it feel right? Yeah. Wow. No, I I, I agree. And it's so I mean, I just love what you said there because you know sometimes if it doesn't feel right, then it's okay to give yourself permission to to move again, and you can try. Yeah. You know. You know. Maybe again, but you know, I love the adjustment you made. Yeah. Maybe for vacations, not for living. Blah blah blah. But so yeah. That's you not. Know, that's cool, and I just wanted you to share that because, um, obviously, you know, there's good and bad as with everything, and the way that you eventually found Bali was was kind of it's kind of cool. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about you. You are royalty in many circles. In fact, they call you the manifesting queen. You said you manifested. <laughs> <laughs> you manifested your, your your current husband. Um, and one of the things you do is you've helped many women attract. Mate, this is this, that's a, an interesting, <laughs> interesting way of saying that. So, what work do we need yeah. to do in order to manifest our ideal love life? So, you know what? And this is where my journey kind of like t- took a, a this kind of side turn because I was working as a holistic therapist. I had a bu- busy um, practice, um, and I really just decided I wanted to attract the one into my life. And I kind of like was running my business, but I wasn't like, oh my god, my business is my be all end all. And I was really working on the inner world around creating, first of all, space for my for my um, for my husband. So as I said, I moved house a lot of times when I was growing up, and I had this interest in feng shui. So I had like books about feng shui when I was sixteen, um, and you know, my my young sixteen year old self knew what I wanted to be doing in the world at part, as part of my uh, my soul's journey. But um, I didn't really cop on that until like my uh, 20, late twenties, thirties. Um, <laughs> but I created space. I went, oh my god, I want to make move into this new apartment, and I moved into this apartment. So finally, after being in that small little single bedroom of my friends for five months, at that stage, I had like made enough money to be able to rent an apartment. I had enough stuff going on in my business to kind of get going. So it was pretty good, like a couple of months, just like from the from scratch. So I found this gorgeous apartment, and I moved in. And a friend of mine was moving in, and I said, I am not moving out of this apartment until I meet the guy, until I'm moving out into my home house with my husband to be and she laughed her head off at me I was like I'm serious like I'm deadly serious and I think the power of intention is I know that the power of intention is so so paramount about creating your life like it's like intentional living so I moved into that place with like this is my vision and what am I going to do to do that I'm going to create a space that is absolutely harmonious with attracting this person in. So I ended up at a talk. I like my life kind of things, little things happen, but I ended up at a talk um, and the woman was, was a feng shui teacher. She was actually on the secret and I took out all her notes about what to do for feng shui your bedroom. I went home, I Googled it. I did loads of stuff. I got my bedroom all pimped up. I had never had a tidy bedroom and this was it. I was like, I'm going to have the tidiest bedroom ever. I'm going to make sure there's space for my soulmate. I had a sep- two separate lockers. I emptied out one locker. I slept on my side of the bed. I wrote my intentions. I energized my love and marriage area and all of that. And as part of all that, I also did the inner work. So I did a lot of healing around my past relationships. I did a lot of healing around relationships with my father and my brother and speaking my truth to men. And what unfolded was a very, very interesting because 
I had been when I, that first talk I did. Remember, I talked about the very first talk I did, and I've sold a few singing bowls. At that talk, a guy came and talked to us and said, "There's going to be an, um, an event tomorrow." And I was really showing up. You know, part of the thing of living, moving to a new city is you need to show up and make friends. And I, she said, "There's a there's going to be an event tomorrow with the life coach doing um, something about changing your life." And I was like, "Okay, I'll go." It was twenty euros, so I went, and she made us write down three things. At, the, at this event and she said it is December so that was January the 21st 2012 and she made us write down it is Jan- it is December 21st 2012 and I am grateful for I wrote down I'm grateful for my book so you know I'm actually working on a book right now which is quite interesting you said that at the beginning uh, after my like, story um, I'm very I said it's December 21st 2012 I'm grateful for my full yoga classes which I had succeeded in doing and it is December 21st 2012 and I'm grateful for my soulmate relationship so you know I was functioning my house I had written this intention that I had really had just kind of come come out of nowhere wasn't really sure about it and all different things to kind of start to conspire I started having a lot of male friends come into my life I always I grew up with two sisters. All my friends were women. Um, like no, I like guy friends, but not like really solid men around me who were like who were not there for like love or romance. It was like, hey, do you want to lift here? Hey, do you want to do this workshop? Hey, Patricia, like, hey, let's go hang out. You know, it was like really amazing men turned up to kind of support me at that time. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing. And I kind of kept doing this inner work, healing and clearing and starting becoming more trusting around and really kind of feeling great, just a great energy around men, which I hadn't particularly had um, just because of past stuff. And I was really healing all of that. So fast forward to the 21st of December 2012. And my friend messages me and she says, it's an, it was an auspicious night, like for her in like Mayan calendars and all like holistic things. It was it was people were thinking big things are going to happen energetically um and i was like i don't know what i'm going to do i think i'm going to sit at home there was a lot of things going on in dublin she messaged and said hey i've got us a ticket we're going to this event and it's going to be a shamanic thing there's going to be drumming it's in a really nice place i was like okay fine so she said i'll pick you up fine so we headed to this event we didn't i didn't have a clue what i was going to to be honest um and the guy was talking about the event. He was like, we're going to write our intentions. We're going to burn all that we want to remove karmically. And then we're going to write, walk over hot coals. And I was like, hey, what? Yes, you're going to walk over hot coals four times. Mm. So that night, we had an amazing night. We did a shamanic journey. There was drumming. And then after the drumming, we went out to these two huge fires that had been brought down and... um. I burnt all of my stuff. I literally wrote my intention to the universe. I did not realize what date it was. I did not. I'd totally forgotten about this intention I'd written. I walked over hot coals four times that night. And about two hours afterwards, I sat down in the hall eating my dinner. And my now husband sat beside me. Okay. On the 21st of December, 2012. 21st of December, 2012. Wow. Wow. That is exactly how I'd written. So manifesting is something that that it comes kind of naturally and kind of not. Like I prepared the space, so I made sure my house was all ready for love. I did all the inner work, and then I just let it off to the universe. Like I wasn't like running around going, "Where is my man? Why is the twenty first of December? Where is he?" <laughs> um, but he did arrive. Uh, yeah, and we went looking for each other. So I actually didn't find out his name. He sat beside me that night. Um, I didn't know his name. He didn't know my name. The next day, it was kind of like an all-night kind of event. It was the walking hot cold went at like 4 a.m. or so, 3 a.m. or something. So he said, where do you? He said he went to the Buddhist center and he went to meditation, the Buddhist center in Dublin. I was like, oh, okay. And I said, I worked on this street in this health food shop upstairs doing my work. He's like, oh, okay. And um, after Christmas, so that was 21st December, Christmas went by. And in January, I went looking for him to the Buddhist center. I didn't find him. He went looking for me. He found someone else's number, some other woman who did sound healing. And we didn't kind of cross paths until uh, two months later. And he walked into uh, Mind, Body, Spirit, which is where I was working and talk, speaking at. He walked in and I saw him and I was like, that's, oh, he's cute. I know him. Uh, and then, yeah, so I met him on the 21st of December, but we didn't actually kind of properly start dating until uh, 
I think we just show the universe we're really interested in each other and go look, look for each other. But we didn't find each other until like March. So yeah, it's quite funny. Wow, March. 7th of March. There you go. Love's out there. Yeah. I love love, so I love hearing love stories. Um, I, I thank you for sharing. As, as we uh, wrap up, you romantic feng shui queen and expert, <laughs> I, I have, uh, I, I mean, it would be remiss for me if I didn't ask you if you could share tips on how to build an online business. And I'm, there are a lot of people here who identify with several yeah. cultures who want to travel, but anyone starting out, what would what are tips to build a profitable business online? To build a profitable business online is definitely to do something you're passionate about. Number one, you have to have the passion about it because the people will feel if you don't. So it's like, oh, I'm going to do an Amazon store. I'm going to sell something like, I don't know, this plug or this whatever. Like that is, you know, if you don't have the passion behind it, it's not going to, it's not going to go. And that's one of the things that my clients say to me about like my feng shui and my work. They're like, you walk your talk. You're so passionate about it. You believe in it so much. Like, that's it. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is something I was only just saying to someone this morning is like, start building your tribe early. Like, you know, I had done some online stuff. So I had some people um, on my Facebook page and had a small group going, but I'd start building that tribe early, you know, start like just sh sharing your message, start showing up on Facebook, start showing up and sharing your message. And by doing that, you're just going to start interacting with people because they have to know, like, and trust you before they'll ever like buy from you. So a lot of the people who bought from my program the first time with the feng shui program, they didn't even really weren't like, and I see a lot, some clients like don't like one woman messaged me when she's like, I'm buying your course because you've given me so much in the last year from being in your free group. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. Like I hadn't even realized that I'd really, you know, been giving that much, but that's just in my nature is like, here you go. You need to ask questions about, you need help with this. Yeah, fine. So you know, give first and you'll always receive and it may not come back in a direct way. You know, that's one of the things it may not come in a direct way. And I think another part is like, don't get obsessed with the technology, like find someone to help you with the technology, like get a VA, get someone that's going to do the technology side if it freaks you out, because it can just freak you out. And, and it can be this excuse and it can be one of the things that holds you back. So from a technology point of view, there's loads of people who are really good at it. You don't need to do it all yourself find someone to help you. So even when I was in that dingy little crappy apartment, little house in India, I had an assistant and I was hard. I was not making like hardly any money online at all. Like I was kind of paying her with my savings, but you know what? I was building a relationship with her. I was figuring out my business and it was like, it was a constant figure out, you know, cause I had done this program for single women. Then I had done like a summit and I really know what I was doing to be honest. And then I went, okay, I'm going to do this feng shui thing. And that really just shifted. It was, you know, and, and now we're, we're scaling it, we're growing it. We're going to like, look at really focusing on our people as well. Like, I think that's one of the big things you hear in so many coaches, but like, for me up until now, my feng shui program has been very generic. It's been like, you know, I can help you with like more abundance, more, more love, you know, get yourself, your fame and reputation area out there or like whatever aspects. But who I know that I really love most, and it's really taken me a while to step into that is I love working with entrepreneurs because that's who I am and that's who I get. And I want to see entrepreneurs succeed. So by default, I still have 80% of my clients and participants in my course are entrepreneurs or 80, even 85, 90, but I'm not messaging like that. I haven't been fully directly messaging to them. So that's kind of been a huge lesson as well in the journey. Um, was like that you get your messaging right because I didn't have it quite right. But I feel like that's all part of the process that, you know, I wouldn't really realize that. I didn't really realize until that second really big launch most recently. So messaging is important. Who do you really want to serve? What do you love sharing about? And you can't go wrong when you just show up and give and, and be of service. And from that space, you will receive really, really, you know, amazingly and in very beautiful ways. And um, and it's beautiful to see the results. And I think someone said to me the other day, like, what, you know, what's your, why do you do this? Why do you do the feng shui? And I'm like, yesterday, a client who's um, who has a guest house, beautiful woman, lots of her life had kind of fallen apart once she moved into this house. 
and she was running a guest she's running a guest house and she had to put a specific remedy in to bring the abundance flowing into her business and literally she implemented my advice yesterday morning and that afternoon she got a sale for a thousand pounds wow you know and I was like this is why I do that because her life is going to be easier now she has more abundance in her life because her her building was bad for money you know so it's like the that it's like the results is what you want to focus on and for me that's why I do it I'm like and that's why I keep being pushed to do it more and to grow it to get my message out further because like I know this works it can help entrepreneurs it can help people it'll help it'll make people's lives easier like that's my big thing is like make your life easy like you don't need to struggle you know we can just make it so yeah that's uh, that's business stuff online business yeah I hope that helps people (laughs) you know and if people have questions like they can always message me or like you know I I find that like I have like a Facebook group and like I have a a post every week that's like ask me anything and literally the ask me anything post is just so interesting like you always scroll back down and you will learn so much random stuff because like the questions are like and what about cactuses and why my headboard is this way or like how did you do this in your life or you know tell me about online business what system do you use like so it's pretty much anything I'm like an open door with that kind of info no that's amazing And, and where else can people find you um, so you can find me on Facebook. So I have my um, Patricia Lohan and um, I have my Facebook group, which is the Dream Life and Biz Creators group. So it's like creating your dream life and business. And then um, patricialohan.com for anyone who is an entrepreneur out there. One of the things I do is help people like set up their office. So I have a beautiful, like get your business office set up for success. So your environment. Um, and I have an ebook there that could be really useful and um, some meditations for stepping into success and really stepping into that zone of genius that you have like it's all the wisdom is within you you just have to allow it to get out all right and how how this is the last question i always ask my my listeners and is the mission statement of what this podcast is and everything that i do how do you use your difference to make a difference how do i use my difference to make a difference um so making a difference for me involves lots of different things. First of all, obviously results for my clients, but I also am a huge advocate of working, of, um, of supporting. You know, when I went to Nepal, I worked for a charity, um, and fund, and work, uh, and um, went to the northernest northernest part of Humla, which is in Nepal, and it's the poorest region. It's like one of the second poorest regions in the world, basically. And it's very hard to get to. Um, and there's a charity that I support there called um, Foundation Nepal, and they give a hand up, not a handout. And I think for entrepreneurs here listening, um, I love their the ethos of Foundation Nepal because basically. They teach women how to create their own businesses. They do small like startup loans, how to manage their money. They give them seeds to grow the plants, to then feed the family, to then also then be able to sell them, sell the the vegetables at the market. So it's this beautiful cycle of growth and entrepreneurship. And um, that's how I, you know, I really envision, you know, the thing is the more money you make, the more people you can help. And uh, that's, a huge part of my thing now is like grow it so I can help all the entrepreneurs improve their businesses. But also by doing that, I can have so many more people that I, like I want to support. Like I have this huge thing at the moment at the plastic, <laughs> plastic in Bali is a huge issue um, for our oceans, but also for, our, you know, and the environment, then also Nepal. And yeah, so there's places in my heart that I like to support. And I feel like that's kind of part of my mission is to grow my business so that I can go out and be like, here, I just want to be a philanthropist, basically. I just want to be going, need help yeah. with that? Here you go. Need help with that? Here you go. Yeah. No, that is ama- you. You're so fun. I love having you on. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, that's, that's, no, that's a great way. Um, and thank you so much. I, I really, this has been a great Sunday for me uh, just because, you know, I, I woke up, had my little sermon, and then came yeah. here straight, and we had this, they had this message. But um, once again, I'll make sure I put all your... Aww all your connection points mm-hmm. in, the, in the show notes. But um, thank you. This Gorgeous. Been, uh, oh. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted with the opportunity to share my story. And I hope it inspires people to, you know, move out of your box. You have a yeah. message to, you have a message to share and the world needs that light. You know, we need you. Yeah, absolutely. And you are certainly a light. So thank you so much for coming on. And ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads 
podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.